Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one Disney ride minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And that makes me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Welcome to Disney, Chris. <laughs> More Disney action in this one. So we're on minute number 12, and we're just going to jump right into it. This minute starts with the, uh, the Klingon uh, Fifi. The Klingon dog Fifi snarling at the gunner, and then uh, ends with the Enterprise just about to enter space dock. Yeah. So yeah, we're just wrapping up the the, uh, the sequence of the Klingon bird of prey destroying the merchantman, and we got cut off right in the middle of a, of a kind of our first gag in Search for Spock, which was Krug telling the gunner, "You could, what you have the honor of feeding my my pet." Yep. Uh, and then we get this Fifi, you know, the gunner saying, yes, my lord. Then he, we see Fifi growling and uh, it looks, you know, it looks pretty menacing. And that growl is weird sounding, right? It's like all, I don't know, it sounds synthesized to me. Very so guttural. Just, yeah. Um, and you just get the great reaction of, <laughs> of, the, of the gunner just the looking like, at the dog. Oh, like, boy. Yeah. Um, so it definitely definitely played for a laugh and it works um, I had a little bit of notes on the on the gunner um, he's played by actor uh, Bob Cummings uh, sorry uh, stunt man slash stunt actor uh, Bob Cummings um, he's been not a, not a huge a ton of stuff but of note he's been a stunt man uh, he was in Big Trouble in Little China he was in Spaceballs The Abyss uh, and Predator <laughs> 2 Nice. So some fun, some did some you know fun some fun films. Yep. Um, but no other real Star Trek credentials beyond this. Oh, he's no he's no Tom Morga. He's no Tom Morga. Uh, I think I'm just going to compare everyone to Tom Morga now. <laughs> right. How many Star Trek movies were you in? Well, Tom Morga was in more. He was in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but kudos to to Bob Cummings. He is a funny uh, a funny Klingon. <laughs> So then we cut away, right? Uh, cut away to this great shot, I think, this great shot of the Enterprise. Yep. Um, really cool angle. We're looking down at it you know, from above at an angle, um, kind of far away, but you can still see all the battle damage. Um, and, uh, and then the Earth is really taking up most of the frame, right? Yep. And the Enterprise is... Uh, kind of moving away, the camera's moving away, they keep pulling back, they keep pulling back, and the James Horner score is starting to build. Yep. And it's it just, you know, like, whoa, where's this going, right? And uh, it's a really well put together moment because his score just kind of reaches this crescendo as Space Dock starts to fall into frame. You get to yeah. see this massive thing we've never seen before, uh, Space Dock. Yeah, nothing like this. We've seen like regular and like in the show we saw like little space stations, but this nothing to the grandiose of this. Yeah, so. And I and I do love uh, you know, just like you were calling it out, 
the Enterprise flying in, it is a unique angle to be above and sort of off to the side. You know, we usually see it either from the side or front on or from the back. You don't really, we hardly ever see from above. And I think we've seen a, from above, particularly like this, maybe once or twice in Wrath of Khan, particularly when they were in the nebula. Mm-hmm. But this is a unique, and especially then you have the Earth, the way that they're pulling in and the way they're using it. And then you sort of, as they're pulling back into the the space dock, and then even you can see a little bit of the moon in the background. Yeah, yeah. All the elements of this of this shot are, I don't know, just fantastic. It's really well thought out um, and really well executed. And and the and impulse think, and the impulse engines look fantastic. <laughs> they're not on fire. Yes. Uh, I think you made an interesting comment about regular one because this space dock does kind of evoke that as far as the shape of it um but they do a really good job of you know with the camera pulling back and and you finally getting a sense of the scale of this thing that is oh my god it's nowhere near regular one it's monstrous well when you when you see the enterprise pull up alongside regular one i mean yeah it's you almost get the size that it's not as Regular one was not that much bigger than the Enterprise, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit. But um, the one thing we forget is like how big these vessels are, like how many people they hold. And then you see something like this, which is infinitely bigger than the Enterprise. You're like, how many people are on that thing? Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, it looks like a small city on top. On top, yeah, just on top, yeah, right. And this thing is just levels and levels of, yeah, it's amazing. It's it's a it's a beautiful design. Yeah. Um, this was just another, <clears throat> you know, ILM that we talked about is you know is, was back doing all the special effects. Um, so Space Dog was designed by David Carson in Nilo Rotus. Uh, they also designed uh, most of this, the new ships that we're seeing in the film. Um, and so I had, all, I, I, you know, doing research on Space Dock, and I was like, is that just the, I've always wondered, is it just the, the name, uh, just a, a description of the thing, or is the name of the thing? Right. Um, it, it is the name. Space Dock is the name. But did you know that among fans, that that was, this thing's rumored to be Starbase 1? Oh, is it? Really? Uh, that's the rumor. And uh, I, I I thought that was an interesting bit of trivia. So, you know, how many star bases do you, in the original series, you know, they're always every episode, you know, con, let's go stop at Starbase 12 or yep. 200 or whatever. They're always rattling off Starbase numbers. I never really thought about, well, where's Starbase 1? And it's never mentioned in the show. Starbase 1 is never mentioned by name. Yep. Um, but a lot of the a lot of fans have said, well, this is probably Starbase 1. It's the one closest to Earth. You know, it's this monstrous thing. Uh, so I thought that was a fun uh uh, a fun thing to think about. Oh yeah, Starbase One. Cool. And and the fact that the Enterprise is going into the space dock just again evokes how big and massive this thing is. I completely agree. Massive, right? I thought it was pretty cool in the motion picture and Wrath of Khan that the Enterprise was in that dry dock. Right. Right. That thing Unto itself, I remember being impressed by, like, wow, this Enterprise is inside of this thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a fully, you can see through it and stuff. It's all girders or whatever. But I always remember being impressed with the size of that thing. That's like, 
nothing. You could put that inside. <laughs> yeah. Space dock. Which brings up the question, well, how come <laughs> how come Enterprise was in that other thing in the cage in the other films and not in Space Dock? Well, there's two answers there, Chris. There's the answer of budget. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have or the concept of this thing, this massive city. And two is maybe that's a staging area. Maybe that's like when ships are getting ready to, to, to part. Like this is, you're going in to be repaired and you need some serious, you know, rework. So you go inside and they can take you apart. And out there you're like, you've already had your, you know, your nacelles recharged and everything's ready to go. And you're just waiting for personnel and you're in a staging area. Interesting. Because we do see in the next generation... We do see several of the um, of the star bases like like this, and we see um, we see when I think it was after the Locutus um, episodes when the Enterprise goes back to Earth, they're in another cage being sort of repaired. So I don't know. It's you know maybe different function. I don't know. I I would like to see some kind of you know. Be cool if they explain that in some way, right? Just. I like your theory. I think I think it, I think your theory uh, holds water. But it would be cool if they showed. You know, it'd be neat to see a shot of one of the ships in one of the cages inside Starbase, and maybe somebody you know pushing it out. You know right. what I mean? Just just to kind of connect the two things in some way. That so you know, it's not just. Yep, yeah, we've got a bigger budget, so we're going to go with bigger things. Right. So so space dock. So question for you, space yeah. dock. What movie do you associate it with? Is it this one? Or is it others? I think I have always associated Space Dock with this movie, but not in this moment. Later in the movie is what I associate Space Dock with. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we're, we're going to be here for a little while. Yeah. Uh, well, Space Dock was actually, it's in all the the rest of the movies through six. Yeah, it's in four or five, it's got, I, which... I, I'm like, oh, I didn't remember it being in all of them, yep. especially five. Um, so it shows how many times I've watched five. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. And then <clears throat> you made a comment about the next generation. Yep. So this this shot that we're watching is actually reused uh, several times in the next generation. And all they did was they overlaid the Enterprise with the Enterprise D. Oh, okay. It's the same exact shot. They just like stock footage now, um, and the same approach, and you know, heading towards the doors. So I thought that was cool. So they've um, our budget conscious people at Paramount <laughs> always looking for ways to reuse footage, and I guess it gives good continuity too, right? It's hey, space talk. I recognize that, you know. So anyway, so I think those are all the fun tidbits I had. Uh, some concept art, it actually had a label, um, uh, NC7011S, which I think, that'd be, I think that'd be cool. I wish they'd use that. I would yeah, like to see cool. that on the, yeah. Um, but we'll be talking about Space Dock more. I'm sure there's all sorts of... All sorts of fun stuff to talk about. There is. Yeah, it is. Um, and this definitely evokes, uh, to me, the, you know, we're seeing it now... In you know, in, in retrospect, it, it definitely looks like you know when I look at the Enterprise D with the glowing blue lights and stuff like that, it definitely sort of makes me think like, oh, this is like futuristic. This is 
this could live in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really interesting that you point that out. The, the, those kind of neon blue yeah. bands or whatnot on this. Yeah, I wonder how much that how much that inspired. Influenced. Yeah, yeah, inspired the later designs. Mm. Nice eye, man. <laughs> All right. So then we cut to the interior of the Enterprise. Uhura is talking to approach control. Yep. Um, ready for docking maneuver, which is interesting. Just in like, oh, they have a maneuver? Yeah, I was going to question that. I'm like, a docking maneuver. Like, what is... To me, maneuvers mean like they're going to go through and execute like a spin and a twirl and a... You know, that to me is a maneuver. <laughs> spin and a twirl. Um but then we hear the ride operator at Disney say, Enterprise cleared to dock. <laughs> Which I f- feel like I've been on It's a Small World, and when the person tells you, you know, hey, have a nice have a nice ride, like that's exactly what I'm what I'm hearing. And, you know, we hear her again later when she says, Affirmative Enterprise, enjoy the ride. You know, I must feel like I'm at the movie theater, you know, when they say enjoy the show. Oh my God, that's pretty funny, Dave. Uh, when you when you said ride operator, I was like, oh, I didn't find that in my research. Is that the name of the character? <laughs> <laughs> so well done, my friend. Um, one note I had: Ahura, uh, as we're looking at Ahura and her station. Yep. Uh, behind her on her station is what looks like a graphic of space dock. Yep. yep. Assuming that's what it is, and I had a question mark. I'm like, oh, that's that seems like an odd thing to be on her station. You know, that seems like that you'd see that on the navigation station or someone else's, not hers. And um, but then I was thinking about it more. Like, well, it's probably just more of more there for the audience as like a subliminal thing that you know approach, you know, approach control, getting ready for docking maneuvers. And we see that. You know, it's probably more just a subliminal thing to give us more of. Well, what's about what's happening here? You know, what is this thing? Well, it. it I wonder if it's the. Um, we sort of joked about it in the last movie with the um, when you know Chekhov and Terrell were talking to Carol Marcus, and you know they're sitting by the little screen. Like, is this the little screen? Little screen that they're looking into. You mean? Yeah. And that Could be. instead of seeing the ride operator, we see the <laughs> picture of the of the actual uh, star star dock. Space dock. Do you think the ride operator is real or uh, just a recording? I'm wondering. She sounds fake. She sounds just like the computer. But not the computer, right? If it was... Yeah, but not the, the, not the Enterprise way. computer. It just sounds like it's automated, like it's, it's a recording. Mm-hmm. Affirmative, Enterprise. Enjoy the ride and welcome home. Like that totally is like... I, I feel like I gotten into Space Mountain or another ride and that's what they're telling me. Well, keeping with that theme, the we get a nice, uh, yeah, really good, cool shot of the bridge. Yep. Uh, looking over Kirk's shoulder, get to see, I uh, always love seeing Sulu Station and that, you know, the, the, the compass thing in the center of the <laughs> the center of the navigation console. So you get a great shot. You get to see this, you get to see Space Dock through the viewer, almost like they're looking out the window. Um, and of course you get it, you know, a trainee walking by with a clipboard. Yep, you have to have one of those. Right. But then um, when the uh, Sulu goes systems locked, uh, all the lights go blue. 
and this is yet that again going back to this lighting and maybe this is just you know part of Nimoy's direction maybe he's into into lighting right and these so the lights go blue I've never seen that before you well know, we always see the, the lights go red right and what I find interesting about the blue lights it's only the three people in the front like Chekhov and the other girl are not in blue light oh yeah I didn't notice that and you know we complimented you know Paramount and uh, Nicholas Meyer about the lighting you know, with the lighting from uh, when the Enterprise gets attacked by the Reliant and how they went to Red Alert and the smoke and everything, and it makes it look so so cool. Here, I'm not as excited about the lighting choices. No, I, I agree with you. I, it's We talked about it, I think, last week. You know, just the, the bridge with its daylights on doesn't look right. Um, now with this blue light, it literally looks like someone screwed a blue light bulb into the ceiling, right? It's just, it's cool, but it's also distracting in a way. Cause you're like, well, wait a minute. Like you just pointed out, well, no one else has lit up blue. So what is going on? Yeah. It's, it could have been done a little differently. I think. Yeah. It just, it doesn't look complete because usually when you see red alert, like the entire bridge is in red alert, like here we're seeing clearly they're in some sort of docking level of control. And that's, emphasized by the blue light like i get it but why isn't everything in blue light why is just kirk and the, the navigation in blue yeah and why is no one else like doing anything like they're just sort of staring like Chekhov is sitting in his chair just sort of staring well you know Chekhov doesn't have anything to do here he's just enjoying the ride he could look more casual i mean sulu you know he he it makes a point of just leaning back and, you know, taking his hands off the controls like, yeah, I'm done flying this thing. But, you know, Chekhov could could look a little more relaxed. He looks tense over there. Uh, did you happen to find – uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you happen to find out who that navigator is? I did not. It's not Ensign Todd. It is not. It's, it's someone different. Yeah, we need to find out who that guy is. All right, so what else we got? Um Enterprise confirms. Uh, Enterprise confirms, and then I think they slowly, um, we slowly sort of heading towards those open doors. And I like how they indicate that the uh, space dock is moving, like that it's clearly got its 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 orbiting, you know, it's uh, got a rotation because we see the Enterprise just going on the straight line, and you know the door is gonna they're gonna line up with the door and go in. Right. Go going back to your what was it spin and twirl? Yeah. <laughs> Maneuvers. The, <clears throat> maneuvers. Those are the docking. Um, I had a note in here that you know, this shot in particular, this last shot of the minute of Enterprise heading for the doors, uh, I don't know if it was consciously meant to evoke, but I definitely think about the the space shuttle docking scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey, um, which you know has the space shuttle kind of coming up to the, ro- the ro- station is rotating in the the spatial has to kind of pull up in front of it and then stop movement. And then it starts rotating mm. too. So to kind of catch up with the rotation of, of the station before it can fly in. Right. Um, I thought this was an, this is, I mean, enterprise has to do that as well, right? They've got to get the space dock is rotating. Uh, so enterprise has to do something to line up in a straight line to get in that door, yeah. but they're not, they're, if they're not going, they're not showing us the, you know, the, the intricacies of how to, how to, do it 
It's almost like they're they're on some sort of tractor beam. Like as soon as the blue light goes on, like they're in some sort of tractor beam and they're being pulled in. Like engines are off, even though we see them on. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we see them, but I feel like they're in some sort of, or maybe it's a computer thing. Maybe it's like they've taken over the computer and they're navigating from their end. I like I like to think that better. The tractor beam idea um, sounds less fun. This sounds more coordinated and more complex you know because it does whatever even if it's locked the controls are locked on and you know it's got to be you know the enterprise has to rotating sideways right it's got to be moving it's actually going to be flying in a straight line but also sideways to get in there uh, but the way they were filmed it and the way they shot it it doesn't look complex at all it's just it's going to get right you know you can tell boom yeah. it's going to hit its mark perfectly which is i wonder if that was a complex thing to orchestrate right well it makes me think back to like um uh, you remember the first episode of uh, of Next Generation, where the you know they show that, that the saucer separates, and then um, yeah. when the captain has him back on the on the Enterprise, and they're like, "Oh, we got a dock," and he's like, "No, you're going to do it manually." Like to yeah. me, that's that's like I, I almost want to see this done manually. I I want to see Sulu guide the Enterprise in. Yeah, that would be. I agree. That would be fun. Fun to watch. Constantly firing thrusters. You know, you got to. I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know. I can't think of the physics and the vectors of, you know, how you line this thing up. But uh, what happens if you miss? You know, I'm sure you, yeah. know, you get some, some rookie pilots. Like, do they have to pull off at the last second and kind of scrape <laughs> up, the, up, up the top of the space dock? And like, all right, loop around for another one. Do you think there are more doors, too? Can they? Is that the only door? Well, that's that, that was one of my... Um... That's one of my questions because clearly we're looking at this side and we see the one door. So I'm wondering um, if there's a door on the other side. Yeah. It would only make sense. I mean, also, you know, the fire, you know, uh, fire department has got to be, there's got to be more than one exit. (laughs) You know, the the fire marshal probably is, has dinged them a couple times and said, uh, that front door can't be the only way the ships get out of there. I mean, you got to have multiple exits. What if this is an emergency? Yeah. Are they all going to file out? Like, you got to imagine there's more than Enterprise going in there. So if there's, you know, 10, 20 ships in there, uh, you know, they all got to get through that one single door. Right, right. I yeah, almost it, feel like that the whole top must pull off at that point and, like, eject, and then everyone can just fly out. You know, you know, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. This whole... This, so you, you you already talked about one of my least favorite things about the next generation, which is that the the saucer can detach from the body. I hate that. I've always hated it. I, I think it's just gimmicky, and and people might disagree with me. They might think that's cool. No, dumb, right? And now you go and say, well, maybe the top of space dock can pop off and fly. No, no more popping off and flying away. It's one big thing. It's complex. It's, if the saucer is connected to the neck. By just like those four or five bolt thingies that come out, those arms that come out and retract, really, that's all that's holding it together. <laughs> I'm not buying it. The thing would be popping off all the time when they take a turn. I'm sure there's inertial dampeners and all uh, kinds of force fields that are holding it in place. No, no, you've you've just struck a nerve. You've. Uh, <sighs> I'm not gonna. I'm not saying I like the Enterprise, uh, the saucer section, you know. And I feel like after the show, they sort of realized their mistake. <laughs> when they destroyed that ship in generations, and they're like, no more saucer separations ever. 
Yeah. Is Generations the one where the saucer section crashed on the planet? Riker like wrote it down to the mm-hmm. planet. Is that this? Is that Generations or is that? Yeah, that's Generations. One? Yeah. Yeah. No, hated it. <laughs> we'll get to that movie soon. Enough. Okay, I'll, I'll shut up. Um, on that note, that's all the notes I had for this for this minute. Did you have anything else? <laughs> I, I, I don't. You don't. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we? Let's wrap it up. Um, it's uh, it's Friday, so uh, the weekend is here. Uh, we're going to just ask folks if you want to, while you're waiting to hear back from us, if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and ideally a five-star review. Uh, uh, we'd love to, our, our goal this season is to get up to at least 50 uh, reviews and ratings um, so we can uh, get a little higher in the list of all those Star Trek podcasts that are out there. Uh, I'd like to get get the show known uh, to a wider audience so we could use your help. We'd appreciate that. And we're going to be back again on Monday with Minute 13 of the Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. Enjoy the ride.